Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track monitored accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. To hell and back is in the job description. Being roughed up, scuffed up, run over, kicked, thrown, dropped, dunked, and done the unthinkable is a duty we've embraced for more than 40 years. Through superior engineering and constant innovation, only Pelican has conquered the chaos a life of ambition can dish out. And we've done it to empower you. Welcome to the Real Down on Paddle Fin with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything in tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Reel Down on Paddling Finn. Uh, if you're watching this right now, well, and you're not listening to us yet, because this is live and not the podcast, but uh, with me instead, Jimmy tonight, Jimmy, he's not feeling real well, so we have Sean Lavery from The Noob Show, man. Welcome. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. I am super jealous of your guys' intro music. I love that song, and it's time perfectly. Uh, yeah, I, I did not edit that. I can't take any credit. Whoever did did a great job because I actually wanted it a little bit different, but it worked. That sounded even better. So <laughs> I forget. It was either Brad or Brian. One of them did that. I appreciate you saying that. But yeah, I picked the song, but they definitely edited it and that made it because I had picked like a whole nother section of the song. So 
but yeah, a little background there. But uh, yeah, tonight, um, go have a good night. The uh, we, we've the big Hobie on Lake Darnell. Wish I could have fished that one, but uh, I mean, it was a great tournament last year where uh, Drew Gregory won, and this year we have new winners, and uh, yeah, happy to have them on the show. Uh, we did have it planned to also have um, uh, Kevin Workman on, but he's in a snowstorm in northern Missouri, so he's not gonna be able to make it on tonight. So we just have a first and second, so. Uh, Kevin, maybe we'll be able to have him on another time for too long. But without further ado, let's bring him on. We have Nick Chiberia. Close. Yeah, no, you, you had it. You had it right there. there we go. And uh, Brian What's up? Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, welcome, yeah. guys. Thank you. Yep. So yeah. we have first and second place from the Hobie on Darnell. And, uh, yeah, since we haven't had either one of y'all on the show before, uh, we'll start with you, Brian. Just kind of give us your background, what you do, and, uh, yeah, who you are and how you got into kayak fishing. So my name is Brian Howell, and uh, I've, I've been kayak fishing only for about two and a half years. Uh, I used to live in Los Angeles, California. I did a lot of float tube fishing back then, but That's now... big out there. Like, float tube hasn't, like, conquered the rest of the country like, like it has out in California. yeah. Like most people don't really know, like they, they kind of know what a float tube is, but they don't, you know, they've never fished out of it or anything like that. No. Uh, so once I moved to Texas, um, about two and a half years ago, that's when I picked up kayak fishing because nobody float tubes here. It's kind of, I, I don't know. It's kind of sketchy with the gators, the <laughs> snakes, everything stumps in the water. You don't want to pop your float tube or something. So yeah. I had to get a kayak, started kayak, uh, fishing tournaments after that shortly after and um yeah that's about it i guess what what do you do for a living or whenever you're not kayak fishing no uh, so i basically sell stuff online i have like a little online retail business and right. so i get to fish kind of whenever i want somewhat you know so that's uh, nice sounds like a what, what, what kind of stuff yeah what kind of stuff do you sell if you don't mind me asking um it's mainly like clothing and sneakers and stuff like that it's reselling Okay, cool. On eBay and other websites like that. Yeah, I, actually, a, a guy, like, has another story is way off topic, but a guy who used to work for me at my current job, he did so well on selling on eBay and all that that he just, he was making more money than what he was with our job, just doing it part-time, that there wasn't any reason for him to work where we yeah. were anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he did really, really, you know, really well for himself just reselling on eBay. It's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Man, I, I like that hustle, man. I, 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 whenever he was doing that, I was like, man, I might get in on that game because yeah. he had the whole background, you know, like you got to have a good setup, I guess, if, you know, if you're making a living doing it. Yeah. I've kind of just been kind of hustling like that online since I was probably 13 years old, probably younger than wow. that. I don't know. Once, since I was a kid, I've just been selling stuff, whether it's, you know, stuff in like video games or whatever, or physical items, anything when I was growing up. Do you just sell stuff that you know that your moats, like whatever you're buying and selling, I, I guess you kind of have a niche of if it's sneakers, video games. Yeah. You, you just know. buy stuff that you know, or if you just yeah. see a deal on something, you sell it, it doesn't matter. Well, it, it's basically just stuff you know. Like you gotta, you gotta know. Half of it's just knowing what to buy and when to buy it and everything. 
Because otherwise, I don't know, you might buy something. I mean, it, you don't always make money on everything you sell. Sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy this and it's going to resell for so much. And then you end up losing like 50 bucks on it or something. You're like, oh, that wasn't too great. Whatever. That's a game, I guess. But, yeah, if y'all have any questions, hit up Brian afterwards. So, like, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm sure maybe it's like a franchise opportunity in your area so you can sell stuff on eBay. <laughs> But uh, all right. So next up, we have Nick. Uh, tell us about yourself, man. Yeah. Hey, I'm uh, Nick Chaberry. I'm originally from the Chicago area. Um, went to school in Missouri um, and then got a, got a job and lived in Missouri for a few years in southeast Missouri. Uh, went down to Louisiana for work in New Orleans. And uh, now I'm back in Missouri in St. Louis. I moved back uh, last year. So, um, you know, I've been had a chance to, to fish quite a few different uh, regions. And, you know, I think it all kind of comes into play. It's a it's good experience for all of it. So now that you live down in New Orleans, do you like the inshore stuff more or do you like the bass more? You know what? It was, it was interesting because, you know, I, I was, you know, in, in the city and, and of course down there, you're, you're right by all the marsh and, you know, redfishing and specs. And uh, for the first year I was down there, that's about all I did. I, I didn't even go after bass, you know, for that first year just because it was so new. And, um, you know, of course, catching those redfish shallow in a kayak is, is something else. Um, but, uh, you know, then, it, you know, after about a year, it kind of wore off and I was like, man, I really miss bass fishing. And, uh, right around that time, uh, the, the club that I'm representing here with, with my hat, uh, Bam Bass, and they started up in, um, kind of South central Louisiana, um, doing bass tournaments, bass kayak tournaments. So it was a good, good time for that. And, uh, got in, got involved in that. And that was 2018. So I've been, been fishing bass tournaments for about three years now. It's kind of tough. Like bass fishing is kind of tough down not all of Louisiana, but a lot of it, because, I mean, them Cajuns, they, they, they eat. I mean, you know, if, if, if they put a fish in the boat, it ain't coming out the boat. It's going home. If it swims, it fries. You know, that's what they say down there. So, yeah, you know, and I was surprised because, you know, I didn't know much about Louisiana fishing before I got down there. Obviously, you know, you know, um, Toledo Bend and, and, you know, some of the lakes up north and, and just these giants getting caught mm -hmm. out there. And, um, you know, so when I got down there, I kind of realized that the marsh bass, you know, they don't grow as big One just, there's so much uh, going after them and, and, you know, not just guys, but of course, uh, gators and, and other things like that. So, um, yeah, I was kind of surprised. It was tough to find some, some big fish down in the, in the South area, but definitely getting, you know, the central lakes and, and a little bit farther up, uh, you know, it holds them pretty good, obviously. Yeah, for sure. But all right. Yeah. So, uh, well, first of all, congratulations on your tournament. Huge tournament. I mean, uh, how many people were there? I did not write that down. 130? 124, I think. 24, yeah, was the final. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another uh, great tournament. I mean, Hobie, I mean, it's hard to argue that they're not the best, if not one of the two best tournament series around. Uh, do y'all usually fish a lot of Hobies? I do. Yeah. I don't know this about one, Nick, but I generally fish a couple a year. Nice. Yeah, this was my second one. I uh, I fished Kentucky Lake Lake Barkley last year in uh, June, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was tough, man. I, it did not go well. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a tough lake for sure. Yeah, but you made up for it this time, man, for sure. Yeah, you know, it's uh, still kind of sinking in just, you know, what this weekend was. And, and of course, big congrats to Brian. And, uh, you know, we were battling out there up until the last, uh, <laughs> yeah, last 10 minutes, <laughs> um, you know, and it's just kind of crazy. Like, this is my second turn, you know, second BOS. Um, you know, I follow a lot of these guys, of course, just, you know, around their, you know, their their travels and with their fishing and YouTube and all that. And, 
you know, so to be able to compete with them and in, in, a, in a great tournament when the fish were coming out, you know, everybody, you know, seemed to be catching them pretty good. And um, yeah, it's just real special and, you know, feel real, real fortunate that uh, it worked out the way it did. Cool. Well, I'll go over the numbers here. Uh, day one, you had Mike Hauser in first, 89 inches, Kevin Workman in second with 89, and then Brian Delahunty in third with 89. So three-way tie for first place. Uh, Nick, you you were in fourth with 88 and three quarters, so just a quarter of an inch behind. And Brian, you were way down in 27th, which yeah, you know, way down in 27th, but I mean, you were only, what, six inches off the lead? So, I mean, yeah, something like that. Yeah, you had to have known with 82 and three quarter. I mean, you were still in the hunt. I mean, uh, you know, especially a lake like Darnell where there's there are big fish there, you know. Yeah, I knew I didn't honestly I didn't think I would even have a shot at all at winning. Like when I ended up being in first on the leaderboard for a while before it went down, I was like, okay, this is crazy because I was just shooting for a check, honestly. Yeah. I thought that was doable. But I didn't think winning was doable at all or yeah. getting a top three or anything, not even a top five. I thought I was going to get one of the lower checks. Yeah. And then uh, day two, Brian, Brian, uh, you were in first big bag of the tournament with 92 and a quarter. Johnny Maddox in second with 91 and a half. Russ Snyder's can't, can't feel good seeing that guy up there. <laughs> 88 and a quarter. Nick, you were in fifth with 86 and a half and Kevin, Kevin, he was uh, in seventh with 85 and three quarter. And then total for the tournament, Nick ended up uh, pulling it out with 175 and a quarter. Brian, quarter inch behind with 175. Kevin, 174 and three quarter. Brian Delahunty, he was in fourth. Uh, he lives in this area now. Um, I wish he didn't move down here. He's such a good angler. Uh, <laughs> 174 and a half. And then Dwayne Beatty in fifth with 172 and a half. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, good weights, good tournament. Um, so I, I guess we'll kind of start with a lake of for people that haven't been there. Do one of y'all kind of want to give us a rundown of uh, Darnell and what it looks like and what the fishing's like there? Brian probably fished it a little bit more than I did this weekend, so. I didn't, I honestly, I got less practice than you, I think. No kidding. Because <laughs> I, I didn't even drive in until, I, did, I got there like 10 a.m. on Friday, and I fished oh, wow, until 4, yeah. and that was it. Like I didn't even get the morning bite or anything. All right, so I had I had but I have been there once hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he had some hot eBay stuff he had to ship out before he, before he came to town. Yeah, I you know I I this is my first time there, but um you know obviously you just kind of know it's it kind of lends itself to shallow water fishing. Um you know before going out you know of course watched all the you know videos I could and and try to gather any information I could and. Um, it, you know, and honestly, it, it kind of reminded me the, the way it was set up and in the area I want to fish and it reminded me of the marsh a little bit. Um, you had those, those bull rush and kind of those, those muddy banks that didn't look like much and, uh, you know, dropping water is almost kind of fishing like a falling tide. And, um, yeah, you know, it was just, it was, it was kind of surprising me actually how, how it looked, but, um, you know, once, once, once kind of, kind of dialed in, it was, they were, they were, you know, they were patterned pretty good. And where, what stage were they in? Were they all still pre-spawn there? Or? Mine were all pre-spawn, like, kind of staging. I don't know about Brian. Yeah, but. that's kind of how it was. Like, I didn't, like, I found one area maybe where they were on beds. I didn't fish that area, but, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I, didn't see, I didn't see any bloody tails or anything like that either. Yeah. Well, all right, cool. We, we had, like, an early wave, and then they've been pushed back ever since. So, 
I, I think now we're kind of, I haven't been fishing that much lately, family stuff, but the, uh, but I, I think we're kind of in all three stages right now here in Alabama. So I didn't know what Arkansas being a little bit further north if they were, you know, still pretty, but sounds like it. All right. So, yeah, let's uh, start with practice. So, Brian, your very short day of practice. And tell us <laughs> how that went. I mean, was it just like you went out there, boom, this is a spot. I'm out. I'll see you tomorrow. Kind of. But first I hit up a spot that I fished at, uh, last year. And last year I did really well there on day one and I kind of got spun out on day two. So I was like, this area I know has fish, but that was a different time of year. So I was like, eh, I'll just check it out because I liked it. So I went there and kind of fished around. Uh, I think I had like one small one that like, I wasn't bed fishing, but I was chucking around and uh, I just hooked like a 12 incher. And I was like, it, it, I'm pretty sure it was on a bed. It looked like it was like the area was everything where there were beds, but I wasn't really feeling the area. So I was like, okay, screw this. I'm going to go pedal back to the ramp and then drive 45 minutes to the other side of the lake. So I went to the other side of the lake, put in there. I had maybe an hour or so there, hour, hour and a half, something like that, just pedaling around, throwing around. I had like two good bites, I think, real quick right off the bat. I moved to a little bit, like maybe half mile from that, and I caught like a 17 on accident. I wasn't trying to hook anything really, but I hooked a 17, and then I had like one more bite, and I was like, okay, four bites in one hour or so here. I don't have anything else. I'm just going to go with this. And if I really do struggle or something, I can just take out and go down to Illinois Bayou or something like that and just grind out the rest of the day. That was my backup plan. And that's all I really was able to do with my half day of practice. Okay. Well, I mean, to, to catch some fishing when you practice, it didn't go out there and skunk. Seems like the fishing was pretty good. Uh, like kind of overall for Darnell, it was it was a good weekend to be there. Yeah, I mean, people said that practice was really good. Like everyone was smashing him in practice. Then tournament day came around and they dropped the water and all that stuff, and it kind of screwed it up. But I mean, the obviously some guys were still catching them. Yeah, just a mother sucked for a mother. Other guys, <laughs> some people, yeah, some people were like, "Oh, this sucked," and all this stuff. My fish are gone. Like my the fish that I found those areas kind of in practice they were still there but well most of the areas some of the areas the water dropped kind of too much where they couldn't really even be there anymore uh -huh. they didn't feel comfortable there anymore but for the most part i felt like they were there they just kind of had a locked jaw and they just had to be hit in the head basically for them to get the bite so how, how much did they drop the water tournament at? I don't know. I'd say maybe uh, a foot. I don't know. What would you say? I maybe? think of more than that too. More maybe than a foot, like, maybe yeah. I don't know. Foot, foot and a half, I, something like that. It was quite I a bit. To, yeah, I tried to look at the gauge, and I, that was kind of surprising to me. But um, you know, I kind of we were probably kind of on the similar deal that you know I, I was at first I was worried about the water dropping, but it almost made it more predictable about where they would be. So yeah, kind of. Um, you know, so it, it you know it helped in that sense. But yeah, I know a lot of guys. I think we're flipping flipping some of the bull rush where, where they were pushed up. And then when the water dropped out, it was, you know, just, it was just mud at that point. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right, Nick, how about your practice, man? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not too far off from, uh, from Brian's. I got in on late Thursday night, um, got on the water about uh, six 30 on, on Friday and, and really only fished for, for about three hours total. 
Um, you know, I did a lot of, you know, of course, uh, you know, checking out the maps at, at Navy Onyx, uh, you know, before going um, last week and, uh, you know, found some areas that I thought, you know, might hold them. I kind of thought I was keyed in at least on some of the fish up here in Missouri and, you know, not not too much farther south um, than where I'm at. So I was kind of hoping, it, you know, they were they were kind of doing the same thing. And um, so the, the first spot, the spot that I wanted fishing all weekend was was the first spot I launched. And um yeah, I was fishing for about an hour and, and had a probably a 19 or 20 come up and, and, and eat my bait and shook that off. Uh, got to watch it eat, which, you know, that's always a good sign when they're, when they're coming out like that. And then um, had a couple bites and, and wound up actually landing a 17 as well. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of didn't want to, but I also, I just wanted to, you know, get my hands on at least one just to, yeah, to see what they see. were doing. And yeah. And uh, just know that they were there. So that was pretty much it. Um, you know, I had that 17 and I was like, this, this is probably going to be it. I, I went and, um, I went and launched in, uh, two other spots. Um, only fished there for about an hour and a half combined and just, you know, wasn't what it wasn't what, um, you know, I was hoping it would be. So yeah, for really no other, no other reason than that was, uh, what looked good. And, and that was all I had in practice. That's where I went on, on Saturday and held up for Saturday and Sunday for me, which I was fortunate. So both of you guys think you, you are confident going into day one? I, I, I was, uh, you know, going in, it was, you know, I was, I knew the fish were in the area, you know, I, you know, I had a couple big ones and, and, um, you know, just kind of, kind of knew where they were at, but wasn't really sure what they were doing. So just kind of went in and, and decided, you know, I was going to fish what looked good and just kind of piece the puzzle together as I went on Saturday. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how it shook out. I had to figure them out a little bit, it took, you know, half the morning to do it. But once I did, it was, it held up. Yeah, a, I was kind of confident. Like, I, I was confident that I could get a limit at least. I didn't really yeah. know if there was any big fish there or anything. I just thought, hey, I can grind a, a limit out here, and if I have to, I'll move somewhere else. What 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 kind of kayaks are y'all in? Well, I have I'm, a PA fourteen three sixty. Nice. I'm uh, I'm fishing out of a new canoe Flint uh, first season with it. Okay, cool. So you were paddling, man. That's a yeah, yeah. I was uh, was paddling, um, kind of what I've always fished out of, and um, you know I enjoyed. It. I I mapped it out today though, and uh, you know I covered probably about fifteen miles uh, between the two days. So it was good a bit of paddling, and kind of the wind kicked up on Sunday. So um, you know I'm, I'm feeling it in the in the arms today, but <laughs> it helped. It helps, man. You know, I like I said, I, I don't know about Brian, but I, I couldn't get shallow enough for these fish. Um, and I was probably sitting about two feet, foot and a half of water cast into the six inches. And, um, you know, it, it kind of paid off. I know a couple of guys had issues with some of their drives and a buddy of mine broke his on a, on a stump. So, um, you know, with the water coming down, it, you know, kind of, I think it helped me this weekend. Yeah, I, I believe in that, that Flint. I mean, I, I used to have one that's a super maneuverable fun. It's, it, it's such a fun kayak. Like a, if you're just looking for like a throw and go or something, Uh, yeah, that's a great, a great kayak, you know. Yeah, I, I like to fish a lot of the uh, kind of the small Ozark rivers and Ozark streams up here in Missouri. So it's it's great for for doing that, and you know, also getting getting on some of the bigger water. You know, has no issues. There you go. All right, so uh, I guess we'll go to day one. We'll start with you, Nick. How'd it go? I'm yeah, not, you know, <laughs> no, but, you know. 
Yeah. Um, like I said, it just, you know, I kind of, I, you know, I, I, same way I felt confident I can get a limit and I knew there were at least a couple good ones in there. So, um, I was just going to go after it and, and just go fish what looked good. Um, you know, about seven o'clock, uh, you know, uh, first cast was six fifteen. about seven o'clock, um, threw up, uh, into some of the, the bull rush and, and stuck a 20, um, you know, so first fish of the day, that was, you know, that kind of got the, the juices flowing and, uh, you know, really kind of set the stage, but, you know, at that point, you know, I think that was still kind of on that, some of that flipping stuff that, you know, a lot of the guys are fishing, uh, pre-fish, um, you know, there, there was some water holding in that area. So, you know, but as I kind of paddled around, I saw the water came down and a lot of, you know, like I said, a lot of it was just mud at that point, um, up on the bank. So that kind of had me confused for, for a little bit and wound up just throwing up super shallow and, uh, watch the fish come out and wake after, wake after my bait. And at that point I was like, all right, well, this, you know, this might be the deal. So right after that, I caught another one up super shallow and, and then it was kind of on from there. So, um, you know, without, without like fishing with electronics or anything too, it kind of, kind of developed a system to, to see where I need to fish. They were, seemed to be real shallow, but, but closer, uh, deeper water had to be pretty close by. So, you know, when I was paddling, I would stick my paddle like into the water about like right there, as far as I could reach. And if I couldn't touch bottom, I knew I was in pretty good area and I would cast shallow and that actually kind of held up, you know, just trying to figure them out that way. That's awesome. What, what, where were you throwing? You just flipping them? Yeah, no, I was throwing uh, the chatterbait. I, I was throwing them all weekend. On, on a Saturday, I caught um, I caught the, the 20 and not pretty much all my fish on this 3 8 ounce black and blue with a Z-Craw trailer, Z-Craw Jr. And then uh, Sunday when the, the water kind of dirtied up and just to give them a little different presentation, I uh, switched to the half ounce green pumpkin with the full size Z-Craw to help it stay up. And um, that was it all weekend. That was the deal for me. Why, why the Z-Craw? Do you have a certain reason why you like that trailer? Yeah, well, certainly, you know, when I'm fishing that shallow, um, you know, I, I find that it helps keep the bait up, yeah. up in the water column, um, as opposed to like a, a fluke or a swim bait. Um, it also, the water was pretty stained, so it, you know, it just it moves a ton of water uh, when it's coming through. So kind of a kind of a twofold deal. And uh, it's something that I fished before, um, especially down in Louisiana. And uh, you know, like I said, it kind of seemed like that's how they were relating almost. It was like, uh, you know, the marsh basswood, marsh, marsh basswood. So, um, you know, that was kind of the thought process there. There we go. All right, Brian, how about you, man? All right, so day one, first thing I noticed when I was launching, I looked down at rocks that were on, like, right near the bank, and I noticed they were out of the water. And yesterday, or well, the day before the tournament, I noticed that those rocks I was stepping on, so I was like, okay, it dropped at least, a few, like, a few inches. I knew kind of that it was falling, and then I put in and pedal across, fished that area where I hooked that 17, didn't have anything, kind of moved around a little bit, fished, moved up a little bit shallower than I had been fishing uh, the day before and hooked one or two decent ones, I think. And then pedaled to a different little spot I had and again, noticed that the water was lower because my fins were now hitting the ground when I was pedaling around. Like I was thinking in my head, like, I don't remember it being this shallow. Like I could cleanly pedal across this whole thing so i had to like flutter my hobie mirage drive fins just right across that stuff to fish it and i didn't get any more bites out of that area honestly i think the whole tournament i didn't have a single bite so i kind of moved around a little bit more just started pounding all those areas just working it real thoroughly just rotating them every once in a while just kept grinding and grinding and grinding i mean it felt like it just made me 
almost hate fishing. Like I was like, man, this is such a grind. I hate tournaments like this. This isn't enjoyable. Like I just was not having a good day, honestly. So I, I was able to just grind out a couple more bites and I wanted to go punch these mats that I found. And uh, I thought they had good water under them. And then I go back there tournament day. Yeah. I'm thinking there's probably not as much water, but it should be okay. And I start punching on like, man, there's like barely anything under these mats. Like it was just, I was just wasting my time. So I kind of just moved around, uh, back around this point and then back into this backwater area where it's just a ton of pads. It's all maybe three foot of water or less back there. And, uh, it looked good. It looked really good, but I was seeing a lot of bass boats back there pretty much all day. So I was thinking maybe they're just getting pounded on all day long, but I just still fished it anyway, just cause it looked so good. I hadn't been there in practice since I didn't have time to check it out. It was an area I wanted to check, but I wasn't able to cause I ran out of time and uh, I was just fishing along like, man, how am I not getting bit? This looks so good. The water was nice and clean too because it didn't have any creeks flowing into it or any anything at all flowing into it. And then finally, I think I had maybe 30 seconds to go in the tournament at that point, and I was able to cull like a 14 with like a 17-something, and that really helped me out a ton because it made me move from like, like 79, like high 70 inches up to 82 and whatever I had. And it kind of clued me in, like, okay, there are more fish here. Like, maybe I should hit it up tomorrow and see if this is a little bit better. But, and Chris asked, were there grass flats or lily pad stems? That he, He's never been there before. Well, there's not really any big, like, there's not really submerged grass or anything like that either time I've been. It's all, there's a lot of water willow. And right now, I think the freeze, like the whole ice thing and everything we had down here kind of killed most of the water willow. So it's just basically dead water willow all along the bank. And then there's good lily pads where I was fishing. That's mainly what I caught out of. I caught some out of that dead water willow, but a lot of them came out of the nice, fresh, green lily pads. And what what baits were you throwing? Uh, It was just, I had almost every single fish that I caught was on a a three eighth, uh, dirty jigs, the California swim jig and okay. Gunnersville shad with a reaction innovation, skinny dipper trailer. I had almost every single one of my fish was on that. Okay. So yeah, big going a little bit bigger with the California swim jig. Yeah. And that's just what use... I always like to throw. Oh, so you always throw the California version. Unless I'm going quarter ounce, which is just cause I want to go lighter, you know, and then I'll, because they don't make a quarter ounce California swim jig, so. I guess you are from California. I mean, that'd be something. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm putting it together. It takes me a little bit. Because <laughs> I always throw the, the, I mean, I love dirty jigs. Not, uh-huh. not sponsored or anything. That's almost all the jigs I throw. And swim jigs, probably my favorite bait. I yeah. never do the California one, though. I always throw the regular Coosa River version. Really? Yeah, but I, I usually don't, like, I'll throw... There's a few different trailers, but they're usually like craws or things like that. I, I usually, but I'll throw like a, a skinny dipper separate just as on like a weighted swim bait hook, uh-huh. like a belly weighted swim bait hook. But I don't ever put the two together, I guess. 
I could just yeah. learn those two techniques and then go. Yeah. I just have, have it all one. Yeah. I just, I mean, in California, I always threw my swim jigs with a swim bait trailer because i kind of got into that from fishing saltwater bass in california like the spotted bay bass calico sand bass you just throw a big hammer swim bait on like a war baits swim jig and you do that so i one day i thought hey why am i not throwing this in fresh water i take it to the lake and catch like a five pounder on i'm like okay well clearly it works in fresh water too and ever since then i've just been throwing that occasionally i'll throw like a craw trailer if i kind of want to keep it up in the water column because yeah. that'll just kind of lift it you know but other than that i i'm like i have so much confidence in just throwing a skinny dipper or a kai tech or a, even a big hammer swim bait still anything like that on the back i'm so used to doing that you know where you the alabama shape you know yeah. whatever they call it that's that's usually how i'm fishing it i mean i'll slow roll it do whatever depend on the, the grass or you know what whatever's going on but i'm usually doing this instead <laughs> Like I've I've heard the uh, uh, the guys from Tactical Bass and say before, just you don't need to be doing all this. You just put a swim bait trailer on. Yeah, exactly. Work. You know, you're silly for doing this, but then you know I wear them it's out. Just, too, yeah, so. different different regional kind of ways to go about it, honestly. Because yeah, Alabama, everybody in Alabama does it that way, and you go to California, nobody does it like that. Hmm, that's fine. Uh, and the reef robber. Hey, from Oregon. All right, reef robber. There you go. Reef robber. That's a never seen that before. That's a curious name. There you go. Uh, all right. So now we'll go at day two. Uh, we'll go. We'll start with Nick this time. Uh, well, I mean, we did last time too. But tell us about your day two. Same thing. Yeah, you know, um, same deal. And and. You know, kind of just real quick going back to late day one. Um, you know, I wound up catching. Um, actually, I, I wound up on my way back to the launch. I wound up fishing um, some areas that I knew got got thrown at a bunch that day. I, you know, there were other kayaks and uh, a couple bass boats in the area. Um, you know, back in a back in a cut, and uh, uh, you know, throwing the same deal, throwing up super shallow. And about two thirty, when I was going back to the to the launch, I, I wound up getting bit like twice back to back in that area. So, you know, that kind of gave me the confidence going into day two that, I, you know, I maybe figured out something that other people weren't doing in the area. And uh, so, you know, and, and really just also not really having anywhere else to go or not really feeling good about anywhere else, you know, it kind of made the decision pretty easy that that's where I was going to go day two. And, um, you know, kind of the old don't leave fish to find fish. And, you know, I was just going to fish it till, till they stop biting. Um, so I basically, yeah, I hit the same, same spots on day two, um, and, and I did fish some new water as well, where I, I caught it, I caught a 17, I think in a quarter, um, in some new water, um, a little bit farther up the Creek where I was fishing and, um, yeah, the spots, the spots produced, I mean, they weren't exactly on, you know, on the same, same exact spots or, you know, right in the same, you know, set up the same way that they were on, on day one, but, um, kind of going to those general areas again, even the, using the Navionics app to, to help find that deeper water and, and, um, you know, where, where that was and throwing up super shallow, um, it held out. So, uh, you know, it was, it was a battle all day on, on Sunday. Um, you know, as Brian can, can say, and, and, um, you know, I'm not typically a, a leaderboard watcher, but just kind of being in the position I was on Saturday and I got a quick limit. Um, I think before like seven fifteen on, on Sunday, um, you know, I was, I was pretty fired off and I knew I had some fish to get rid of. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, just kind of seeing how close it was. I, 
actually I lost, I, I fished pretty clean on Saturday. I lost two good fish on Sunday. Um, I don't know if it was tired arms or what, you know, having issues setting the hook, but um, one definitely would have helped even with my final, final weight. Maybe one might've, um, you know, helped as well. But anyway, so uh, yeah, kind of fast forward to the afternoon. Um, the sun came out finally for the first time all weekend. And, uh, you know, after 11 o'clock, I didn't, I didn't have a, a keeper bite. Um, so I was kind of, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. And like I said, I knew it was close. I was mostly fishing about a mile, mile and a quarter, mile and a half from where I launched. Um, so, uh, you know, at about noon, I made the decision to head back to where I launched, maybe fish some of the areas around there that I hadn't, um, you know, essentially go farther south. Um, but I got down there, didn't really like what I saw, wasn't, didn't really look like anything I had fished, you know, previously and where I caught fish on. So at about, uh, 145, uh, fishing ended at three, I made the decision to paddle the mile and a quarter back up to my, you know, my spot, my area where I'd caught them all weekend. You know, I just kind of had a little, little moment with myself and was just, you know, I knew the fish were there. It was going to be my best shot instead of trying to figure out something else. Um, so I went back, basically just, you know, cycled through the same spots again. And the very last one at about, uh, 150, I mean, uh, 250, um, you know, got a, got a bite that, that upgraded me by a half inch. And, uh, wow. at that point I, when the leaderboard shut off, I was down by a quarter and, um, you know, uh, things had seemed like they slowed down. So it was an exciting moment. Um, obviously and at the time I didn't know if it was, if it was the fish, but, um, just, just kind of getting that upgrade and, and doing what I could to, to get it. I would have been, uh, you know, happy with, with any outcome. Um, but yeah, to get it in the last 10 minutes was, uh, it's pretty exciting. Wow. How fast did you paddle back to that other mm -hmm. area? Uh, not fast at all, dude. Cause I, you know, I had already day two was, was my, my long haul day. I was all over the place. So I probably hit about, uh, eight miles at that point on the day. So, and it was into the wind going back up to my spot. So it was a slow paddle. It was, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, not to exaggerate, but, you know, getting to that last spot where I caught that fish, I was exhausted. You know, the, the arms were dead, just everything was tired. And, um, you know, I cast it in there. So, like I said, the sun had come out underneath the bush up shallow and saw my, my line swimming off and, and set the hook. And that woke me up real quick. Um, you know, but yeah, the paddle back to the ramp was a slow one as well. It was, it was, uh, it was a struggle, but, but worth it in the end. Well, that's awesome, man. Great story. Like, you know, some of those times, like you feel like you should be rewarded because you put in the work to, <laughs> to go back to that spot and I'm going to do it. And, and you did it. And man, that's, it, it, you know, it rarely works out that way, right? You, you get yeah. up there in your blank and, and, you know, that's what it is, but um, I, know I come back up. Yeah. yeah you know, but, but again, hats off to everyone else and Brian and, um, you know, it, like I said, it was it, just being that close, uh, you know, to a win, obviously I would have been, I, I, you know, I, I came into the weekend just wanting to catch 10 fish and, and, you know, and see what I could do. And, uh, you know, being in any, any money would have been great, you know, especially with the, with the field that we had, but, um, knowing at that time how close I was and, and, you know, you know, where, where I stood, it was, it would have been a little bit more heartbreaking, you know, being so close and not being able to close it out. But, um, you know, it was, it, it worked out this time, it, you know, and it hasn't plenty of other times before as, as anyone who tournament fishes can tell you, but, um, yeah, fortunate that it did. Good deal. Well, Brian, how about you, man? How was, hey, you had the big day too. Had, yeah. Had big bag of tournament. Had that been a, a good day? Yeah, I had a lot more fun on day two. I'll just say that. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. So starting off, I just went back to the same spots I had started at at uh, day one. I went over there to those pads and just kept grinding. 
wasn't catching anything. Kind of moved down, fished some of that dead water willow, picked up like a 14. I was like, all right, well, that's one in the boat. Went to another area with some more of that dead water willow, and I was able to, it was right off a point, and I was able to get a 20 and a half off that. I was like, okay, well, if I can just fill out a limit, I'll be sitting pretty good with that fish. That fish is going to go a long way, and I'll be able to hopefully get a check with that. So I just keep fishing around. Uh, I talked to my buddy. He's like, oh, yeah, I just pulled a 19 and a half over here in the water willow, too. I was like, okay, well, obviously, they're in that stuff still. So I'm still fishing that, not getting any more bites. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to that spot that I fished for the last hour or half hour or whatever it was uh, on day one where I caught that last minute fish. So I was like, all right, I'll go over there and check it out at least. I go over there and I see only one bass boat back there, but there's also two kayakers. I'm like, oh, great. Like it's still crowded. And I was like, well, I can kind of, there's enough room for me to kind of move in there. I won't be able to fish all the stuff I want. But it's okay. And then I end up hooking a uh, 19 something right off the bat real quick in there. And then uh, somebody yells over to me, oh, does that one have any size to it? And it ended up being two guys I know, Jeff Malott and Garrett Morgan from Arkansas. So I was like, oh, cool. At least I know them. So, like, I can kind of not piss anybody off, you know, by going back in there. Like, oh, yeah, we're not in contention or anything. Like, don't mind us. Just fish around and whatever you know don't want don't worry about getting in our way we're not doing anything special so i was like okay i appreciate that Very so cool. i just go in there and keep working around those pads and i pull like another 18 something i was like okay wow this is getting stupid kind of okay and i keep fishing more another 18 and then i kind of moved to the other side pull like a 17 or something and I think maybe a 12, 7, 5. I was like, oh, well, that's my, I have a limit. I'm good. Like, I, some, I don't remember if that's the exact order, but I know my last fish for my limit was a 12, 7, 5. And I was like, well, it's a limit. That's all I really, really wanted. Like, if I couldn't get a limit, I was going to be struggling, you know? So I had that and I just kept grinding and I called that 12 something with like a 16. And this was all like maybe within an hour time you know i just got into him real quick and then all uh that bass boater that was back there he was just smashing him too like he was in there just he was fishing shallow though and catching a lot of the small fish i was kind of more on the outside of those pads and catching the bigger fish that seems where they where they set up was kind of along the outside edge of it so it's maybe the males up shallow yeah that's what it seemed like because uh jeff and garrett they're also saying the same thing like oh like um there's a ton of males like up shallow like we're catching those but you know there's not they're all 14s 15s whatever i was like all right well it's good to know if i want to like upgrade to upgrade that 12 inch or something i can just kind of grind around the bank and at least pick up you know three inch call or something like that but i saw that bass boat and he uh, I I stopped catching after like that hour flurry or so, and then I I noticed the bass boat also stopped catching, and he was just smashing them like as much as I was, just not the same size, but he was almost hooked up as much as I was. I was like, okay, well, did the bite just turn off completely back here? And then we're just fishing around, and I think I had like one or two small ones, and then uh, finally I catch a nice one. It was like a seventeen something, and it called me. I think it called out like a 14 and three quarter. So it was a big call. And I think that's the point when I jumped ahead of Nick and I was 
sitting there for maybe I don't know two hours or so that last hour or two in the day something like that yeah. and I was talking to the boater um he was like oh man it's real slow I'm like well it looks like it just turned on because he had caught one and I had also just caught one and I was like okay well this is cool when we catch like one or two small ones each after that and then it shut off again I couldn't buy a bite. I switch up from my swim jig over to a fluke. I pick up like three 15 inches on that. I'm like, okay, this is not going to do it. This is not helping me at all. I'm just going to kind of grind out with the swim jig. With the bigger hour. Yeah. Yeah. I just said, I'm not going to be able to, like, I'm getting bites on the fluke, you know, but it's like, it's not anything special. Like, I needed to get rid of a 16 and three quarter or something so i knew i had to throw something a little bit bigger and i'd switched up to speed worms to kitex like flashy swimmers everything i could think of pretty much trying to get a bite but they just wouldn't turn on again and i caught like one or two more on the swim jig that were 14s 15s you know and it just i couldn't i couldn't get anything bigger than that and i just kept grinding and grinding i knew that I was only a, like a quarter inch ahead of Nick. So I knew it was still anyone's game. And I think, you know, the other guys were still only half inch or so. We we're all within like an inch of each other. So yeah, anyone, it was anyone's it. game. Wow. Yeah, it was anyone's game until the last minute. So I was just thinking, man, I need a call. Like if I can't get a call, this is, I'm not going to feel comfortable at all. Like if I called a little bit more, at least I'd feel somewhat comfortable. But I was not comfortable even slightly i knew that nick he was catching good ones so i needed to i don't know it was not a good time <laughs> i was gonna say you guys had to be sweating it just with how close yeah. everything was it, i can't imagine i don't yeah. think we're seeing a tournament where the finish was core like each step was a quarter down you know i like 175 and a quarter 175 174 and three quarter 174 and a half. I don't think I've ever seen a tournament that were quarter inch, you know, notches down like that. That's crazy. It worked out that way. Yeah, it was super tight. But honestly, I was still, even with, like, I wanted to win because when I won, I won Lake Seminole earlier this year. And I was like, okay, I want two wins. Like, two wins would be really awesome. Like, okay, I'll just keep grinding. I didn't think I even had a shot at that because i came up from 27th all the way up the leaderboard so i can't i cannot complain about second at all because just i didn't even think it was possible to get second so i'm still happy with it it's still all good congrats to nick for that last minute call that's usually that's what i've been doing lately like last minute calls but i wasn't able to do it on the on day two so now that you've got the uh does that kind of change where you're going to do the rest of the year are you now chasing aoy points i mean you probably should be right i was chasing aoy points before yeah after the first one because i was thinking like oh i'm qualified for the toc i don't have to worry about anything and people were like well now like you have a good shot at aoy you have a win and it's only the first tournament of the year i'm like shoot you're right (laughs) (laughs) i kind of maybe should fish a couple more events maybe so now i'm thinking I was already going to fish like maybe one more event than I was going to previously. And now that I have a first and a second, I'm like, okay, well, if I can, like, I have a first, a second, next one can be a third. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so what, which ones are you going to fish the rest of the year, do you know? Probably Pickwick. That's not... I don't know if I'll do... Like, I want to... Now I'm thinking, yeah, I wasn't planning on doing Pickwick before. I was going to do Rayburn and I think Lacrosse, maybe. I was thinking about it. I'm not a river guy at all. I went last year. I kind of... I don't know. It Like, it's, it's grass fishing. I love doing that. But the river thing was kind of... I would still need a lot to learn on rivers. Um, and now I'm kind of thinking I want to go to uh, Champlain. It's like a 26-hour drive. <laughs> but I think you I would do well on that lake. Go on up there. Yeah, it's, it looks like an awesome lake, and I feel like I would do well there. So I kind of just want to fish at least one or two more that I feel like I'll have a good shot at. at I feel like I need at least a top 10 probably to yeah. have any shot at. Ay, you know, going into the TFC, and uh, and then like you said, maybe Pickwick, that could be a fun one. That's not all that far. I mean, probably was, what ten hours or something. Well, probably, yeah, maybe. I don't know, something maybe like that. Weeks. Nine, ten. Yeah, know. yeah, less than that. Yeah, maybe seven or eight. Not, not too maybe. bad. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really look yet. So, cool. Uh, well, we appreciate y'all being on. We don't want to take up any more of your time, but uh, before we let everybody go, we give you a chance to shout out any sponsors that might make fishing easier for you. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you, man. All right. Well, everyone knows I, I have to thank my wife, Taylor. <laughs> nice. And then um, my friends and family in California and Texas. And then Dobbins Rods. I caught all my fish uh, last weekend on uh, almost everything was on the, the Sierra 734. That's basically my swim jig rod. And I caught a couple on the other rods, just, you know, not anything that contributed to the limit. And then uh, I also have to thank Mariner Sales in Dallas because the day before I drove out to the tournament, I was able to get a couple things there, you know, ordered online and went and picked it up. And they've always been great to me there, and I always get my kayaks there. And if you're ever in the area, make sure you hit them up. That's a great shot for sure. I've been yeah. for my kayak too. They, it seems like if you can't find something, Mariner Sales, they're one of them shops that have it in stock all the time. Yeah, they have dang near everything you need for a kayak, you know. And if they don't have it, a lot of the time they can still order it, and you can get it pretty quickly. There you go. All right, Nick, how about you, man? Yeah, um, you know, same way. Thanks uh, to my girlfriend for letting me go fish for uh, three days uh, this weekend. It was, you know, worked out well. Um, all my buddies uh, who were watching had had quite a crew uh, from all over the place. Uh, buddies from back home, and some of my fishing buddies here in Missouri, and a whole uh, whole club down in Louisiana rooting rooting me and uh, my good buddy Andy Green on who fished. He finished in the top twenty. He had a good tournament as well. Um, and then uh, no affiliation, but uh, New Canoe Flint, uh, you know, really showed out for me this weekend. Uh, one for one in it so far. Um, <laughs> first tournament with it. So, um, you know, that that really worked out well for me. Um, and yeah, and then just, you know, Hobie and, and all the guys competing. Hats off to everyone. Um, it was a great weekend. It was fun. I, you know, again, I can't say it enough. I feel fortunate to get this one and, uh, you know, excited for, for the future. There you go. Well, uh, congrats and good luck the rest of the year, guys. All right, thank, thank you. you. Thank y'all. We'll talk to y'all again for too long. All right, see you. Okay. See you, gents. All right, well, there we go. Two weeks. Yeah, there you go. Good stuff. Uh, all right, so we had a lot of tournaments, as always. This time of year, it's picking up, so there was a bunch of them. Uh, first off, we have Carolina Kayak Anglers. They were on a 
Kerr Scott Reservoir. And again, if I say your name wrong, I'm sorry. I, I blame Mississippi Public School Systems. Uh, <laughs> my boy Nick Huddleston, uh, nine three and three quarter. He killed it. Uh, second place, Kelvin Melvin Yang with eighty three and three quarter, and James Quinn in third with eighty three and a half. Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail, they were on Raccoon Creek, 83 anglers. First place, Brock Spencer with 84 and a half. Uh, he, yeah, he almost lapped the field by seven inches. Uh, seven, second place was Seth Rankin in second with 78. And Chris Hennigan in third with 75 and a half. Uh, Cats Kayak Anglers Tournament Series, they were on Lake Fayette. They had 67 anglers. First place was Keith Villegas. 99 and a half, so big limits out there. Okay. Uh, yeah, second place, Joshua Butler with 99 and a quarter, and then third, Brian Scarberry with 99. So that was a heck of a day of fishing there. Uh, East Texas kayak fishing, they were on Lake Nacogdoches, 30 anglers. Robert Harris, 94 and three quarter. Uh, Randall Mc, McDonald with 88 and a half, and Dwayne Taft in third with 88 and a half as well. Uh, next up, Georgia Kayak Fishing League. They were on Lake Chattoog, 34 anglers. Coleman Fowler won that one with 86 and a quarter. Dan Krispinski with 81 inches. And Patrick Laundick with 80 and three quarter. Then Southern West Virginia. This is the most specific name for a club ever. Southern West Virginia <laughs> Kayak Anglers. I always think, always think that's funny. It's probably not funny, but I think it's funny. Uh, they had a team tournament as well, but this is for the individual 86 anglers. Travis Harper in first with 70 and a half. And Mark, Ed Mark Edwards, the goat whisperer, he had 65 and a half. And then Jared Terry in third with 63 inches. And then Colorado Kayak Fishing Club, they had two different tournaments. Uh, the first one was they had a multi-species tournament, and they do this every every year. We've had them on before, and I think it's so cool. Uh, it was on, yeah, it was on Pueblo. So the first three guys, it was six fish limit, I guess, 34 anglers. And so the top three, they had three walleye, two bass, and a trout because the fishing so cool out there in, in Colorado. But Alex Rojas won it with 93 and three-quarter. Uh, Paul Roth in second with 92 and three-quarter. And then third place was Jason DeJong. I think I said that right, with 87 and a half. And then on Sunday, they had a five-bass, a regular five-bass uh, tournament, 53 anglers. First place was Trev Stuckey with 69 three-quarter. Colin Smith in second with 66 and a half. And Brandon Matum with 66 and a quarter. Uh, and then Oregon Kayak Bass Fishing, they were on Colby and Sunset Lakes, way out there, West Coast, 32 anglers. Edward Arden in first with 77 and three-quarter. William Eshman, 74 and three-quarter. And then Kyle Dickinson, Dixon with 74. Uh, Yakabass, they had their spawn up a loser. Uh, there was a few different lakes, 123 anglers. Uh, Chad Schweitzer with 89 and three-quarter. Pua Yang with 88 and a quarter. Uh, Dang Zhong with 87 and three quarter, and then everybody's favorite, Greg Blanchard, in fourth with 86 inches. Uh, ABA, they were on Lake Paris, 55, 50 anglers. Orion Moriarty, uh, Sherlock Holmes, Nemesis there, 91 and a quarter. Second place, Alex Cox, 90 and three quarter, and John Toscano with 86 and a half. Uh, then Long Island Kayak Bass Fishing, they were on Forge Pond, 45 anglers. I think this was their biggest tournament ever. Um, seeing them kind of pop up every now and then, but it seems like Long Island, fishing now on Long Island's getting 
more and more popular. But the, apparently the fishing sucks. <laughs> because, uh, it was a five fish limit. The first place one, Rick Scala, with 53 and three quarter with four fish. Second, wow. it was 45 anglers. Second place was Paul Bondet Bondet with 52 inches, four fish. And then third place was RJ Cardinal or Cardinale with 30 and a half, two fish. So third That's place, place. Wow. 45 anglers, two fish, five fish limits. So, that had to be grinding. <laughs> yeah, that was brutal. Uh, and then last but not least, Wild West Bass Trail. They were on the Cal Delta, 92 anglers. Damian Tao, who I picked him on my fantasy, but I don't, <laughs> I, unfortunately, I don't think the Wild West Bass Trail qualifies in the fantasy thing. So, Drew uh, Gregory, you got to get that together. <laughs> I, I knew Damian, Damian is such a hammer, man. That guy wins everything. He is amazing. He's a guy that we had on, and he's throwing like a 15 foot Carolina rig, like a, you know, He's just one of the people that can catch me where, but uh, Damian Talon first with 83 and a half, John Myers with 80 and three quarter and Robert uh, Woodruff. I didn't write how much he won, but he got third. So he doesn't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. We, uh, it was a good show. Like some big shows, uh, a lot of anglers. Uh, so yeah, it yeah. sounds like things are picking up. Yeah, it's funny. I like every week you look at the different tournaments, you, you look at everything that's going on and, uh, this week it seemed like there was it was kind of an off week. There was a lot of tournaments, but a lot of people had like couldn't quite meet thirty anglers. That that sort of thing because there are so many tournaments we couldn't we can't talk about all of them. But, right. uh, but yeah, so a lot of tournaments that were kind of had a little bit even bigger clubs had a little bit reduced turnout this week. I'm not sure why, but uh, yeah. So but a lot of tournaments going on for sure. It's definitely that time of the year. Cool. Well, cool. Well, man, Sean, I appreciate you being on. I hate Jimmy couldn't be here. Uh, hopefully he's doing okay, and we'll find out. So if y'all are praying type, say a prayer for, for my boy, Jimmy. Yeah, but, uh, I feel better, Jimmy. Yeah. But, well, uh, we'll see you all again next week. Be safe out there and wear your PFDs. Thanks, everybody. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle in Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.